From Washington, this is the CQ Budget Podcast, your leading Capitol Hill source on how Congress allocates federal taxpayer dollars. I'm Jennifer Shutt, Budget and Appropriations Reporter. I'm David Lerman, your budget tracker. And Congress is continuing to work on a fourth package to address the ongoing COVID-19 pandemic. Um, Pressure on lawmakers is going to increase during the coming weeks. Um, Just some numbers from the last week. uh, Unemployment claims increased um, by 6.6 million. So that brings the total number of Americans out of work during just the last two weeks for about 10 million people. Um, And the Congressional Budget Office expects that unemployment will reach at least 12% this summer, and that gross domestic product could contract by at least 7% in the second quarter. And on top of all of that, the Surgeon General warned on Fox News Sunday that the pandemic has yet to reach its peak, despite the U.S. having more than 337,000 cases and nearly 10,000 people who have died from the virus. Uh, So let's take a listen to how he is addressing the future. This is going to be the hardest and the saddest week of most Americans' lives, quite frankly. This is going to be our Pearl Harbor moment, our 9-11 moment, only it's not going to be localized. It's going to be happening all over the country. And I want America to understand that. So the question now, Jen, is what is Congress going to do next? Um, and obviously, there is they are picking up steam now on this fourth relief package even more so than we had first thought, I think, um, because Republicans were initially skeptical of doing a package so quickly now that they just passed this $2.3 trillion measure. But uh, given all the uh, the economic statistics you just cited, uh, there is now growing bipartisan support for doing even more. And that's what we've already seen taking shape here. Speaker Nancy Pelosi has already outlined the elements of what she wants in a new package, uh, which is a lot. Right. And originally last week, Speaker Pelosi was talking about potentially doing some clean water elements of this, including some more infrastructure elements in that. But on Friday, it sounded like she sort of changed the trajectory of that package and said that you know, she thinks instead of kind of getting to legislation that would address the recovery from this, that the country isn't quite there yet. And so she, it sounds like she is expecting the fourth package now to kind of mirror that third package with, you know, direct payments to Americans, more funding for these small business loans um, and things like that. So that could potentially really, you know, speed up the negotiations around this fourth package. Yeah, that's what it sounds like to me too, Jen. I mean, I mean, when she was talking about infrastructure and and clean water and broadband, I mean, Republicans were having trouble with that. There were accusations from Republicans that that Pelosi is just trying to use this crisis to push a left wing agenda. You're not hearing that so much anymore because she's toned that down and is now saying we're just going to do another version of this of this so-called CARES package that won bipartisan support. And so now she's she's really sticking to the coronavirus relief stuff and building on what they've already passed. And I think first and foremost on that is this concern about this about this uh, small business loan program because there's already concern that there's not a, there's 349 billion dollars in there we should say but there's already concern that that's not going to last very long. 
and there's been a lot of trouble with businesses trying to tap loans already. So clearly they want, both sides have said they want to shore that program up. I think that's going to get top consideration. And we're certainly going to see uh, another round of extended unemployment benefits, I think. This package that they just passed allows for four months of expanded benefits, but there's a push for at least six months now and maybe longer, who knows. And then Pelosi's already said another round of these stimulus checks, you know, they only approved one-time payments uh, of up to $1,200 per adult, but that doesn't get you that far either, given the enormity of the unemployment out there and all this, all these businesses shuttered. So I think we're going to see at least another round of those payments. Yeah, and then on unemployment insurance, one of the things that everyone is really concerned about is just the sheer volume that these state-run offices are having to handle. And so I know Pelosi has been talking a little bit about some potential additional aid to states that would be potentially for really helping them build out these unemployment offices so that they can just even process these claims. Um, I think that's another concern with these small business loans is making sure that there are enough people in place to actually, you know, accept the applications and review them. I think just that that sort of clerical technical work. Um, there's some concerns that um, there is there's aren't enough people to handle it all. Those are big concerns for sure, Jen. And and also, I mean, we're going to see another round of aid to hospitals that are just suffocating under this under this massive crisis, and we're going to see there's there's another push for more money for state and local governments that are just, you know, losing revenue left and right as businesses shut down. So those are also elements of this. Now, in a boost, in a boost to her effort, uh, the Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell late last week sort of endorsed this effort finally of a of a fourth relief package, right? Yeah, he said that he thinks health care should be at the top of the list for additional funding. And of course, that's something that is going to continue being a priority for both Republicans and Democrats in the weeks and months ahead. Um, obviously, personal protective equipment, masks, gloves, gowns, those types of things that doctors, nurses, um, and everyone else else in the healthcare system needs to sort of keep themselves safe while they're treating patients. And there's just been ongoing shortages there. Um, And everyone's seen the photos throughout social media of, you know, nurses in New York having to use, you know, restructured garbage bags as personal protective equipment. So I know that's something that everyone really wants to make sure that they're addressing that not only financially, but then just the general supply chain issues that have led to those problems. Right. So there is, there is some bipartisan support here for some of these basic relief measures course, the big question is how much is this all going to cost? I mean, could it rival the package we just saw, which is $2.3 trillion, we think? I mean, that's a heavy lift again to do, but but given the magnitude of the crisis, I, it's not inconceivable to me that it, it rivals that much money, if not more. Yeah, I think this with the price tag we're talking about, I think is still very in the very early stages of the discussion, but I wouldn't be surprised if we're once again talking about trillions of dollars as opposed to billions of dollars. You know, yeah. It seems like most of the healthcare experts and the data that's being compiled, um, the U.S. has not yet reached the top of that curve. So, and even once we reach the top of that curve, it could be a really slow, steady decline over months. Um, and so I think this is something that's going to be going on for a significant amount of time. So I think, you know, trillions is 
probably what everyone is going to land on for this. It's, I mean, yeah, it's almost unfathomable just a month ago to think it would be this high. But of course, any concerns about the deficit have just gone by the wayside, and and the the major focus now is just on trying to save the economy. So, um, that, I mean, I don't think cost is even going to be an issue. It's just a matter of what they can do that would be most effective that can win bipartisan support and how quickly they can pass it. Yeah, Which brings up this that, question of timing. I mean, when 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 could they actually get this done? I mean, Congress is out. Uh, this is going to be a, a real logistical challenge now. Yeah, and so I think it sounds like, you know, with staff working remotely and certain lawmakers at the Capitol, there's a lot of confidence that leadership in the White House can negotiate this package um, before potentially having to bring everyone back. Right now, the earliest return date for the Senate is um, April 20th. Uh, The House, we're not really sure when they might come back, but it sounds like the plan is to try to get this package agreed to, you know, release legislative text and then potentially try again to have um, maybe a voice vote or something like that where you don't need to bring back every single member of Congress or even a majority of them. But as we saw with that last package, that's a really risky thing because just one member of the House or one member of the Senate um, can really change that and require all their colleagues to, um, you know, have long drives back or get on planes back, which is, of course, not what health officials want anyone doing right now. And so I think that's going to be the question that leadership has to address with their members as they as talks on this next aid package continue is you know, are those, you know, sort of classic lawmakers who everyone's used to objecting to, you know, quick, somewhat easy consideration of these packages, are they going to be on the floor um, to hold things up? And so that's going to be another really big question going forward. They've talked about a return to town on April 20th. Does that seem doable still? I'm not entirely sure. Um, Senator Shelley Moore Capito, Republican from West Virginia, was speaking with reporters at the Capitol on Monday, and she said that the hope is for the Senate to still come back as close to April 20th as possible, um, although she did say that that date could slip and that lawmakers have been told to be flexible. And so I think that really depends on, you know, it sounds like there's no, leadership doesn't want to bring back members um, into the Capitol building until there's something for them to vote on, something that's been agreed to. And so I think that has a lot to do with the timeline and then really just figuring out if you actually need members to return for some type of recorded roll call vote. Yeah, so that's going to be tricky to sort that out. And as you say, all it takes is one member to object to a unanimous consent request, and and everybody has to come back, or at least a majority has to come back. Um, it could be messy. Yeah, that's going to be another really big factor in the next few weeks. Okay, well... A lot to look forward to, I guess. Uh, We'll see how this package takes shape. I I think we will be hearing in coming days more and more of what what could be in this measure and how much it would do uh, and how much support it gathers. So we'll be keeping an eye on all of that for you. That does it for us today. If you have any questions or comments about our podcast, we'd love to hear from you. You can drop us an email at cqpodcast at cqrollcall.com. The CQ Budget Podcast is produced by CQ Roll Call. It's a leader in nonpartisan political and policy news and analysis for more than 70 years. CQ Roll Call is part of Fiscal Note, a global technology and media company. 
Thank you all for listening. I'm David Lerman, your budget tracker. And I'm Jennifer Shep, budget and appropriations reporter. And you can stay up to date by subscribing to the CQ Budget Newsletter. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast. You can find us on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, NPR One, or just Google the phrase CQ Budget Podcast. And we'll be back next week.